Let's take a nice deep breath in. And settle down. That was beautiful. Thank you, Connie. Before we get started this morning, I want to ask for Don and Mark and Vern to stand up. And I would like to just acknowledge the three of you. You too, Vern. I just, yeah, there you go. I just want to acknowledge the three of you and Roger as well for the great work you did this weekend leading our men in their men's retreat. Thank you. That's something I can't do, right? I can't, I know, I know, right? Why not? Something I can't do. And there are lots of things, believe me, there are lots of things around here that I can't do. And I have such appreciation for all the ways that this community steps up for each other and out in the world and makes such a difference in all the different things that you do. So thank you all for that. And especially I'm, I'm so grateful for our, our men there. This men's group has been in place for about five years and they are, they are, (laughs) I'm laughing at myself. They're religious about it. (laughs) They are together every I think it's first and third, first and third or second and fourth, first and third, second and fourth. You guys are, they're together twice a month, read your bulletin and you'll know when they're meeting. If you're a man in our community and you haven't had a chance to meet with our men's group, I really invite you to check it out. They're doing really seriously deep, profound connecting. And it's such good work. And I only know that because I see all their faces. <clears throat> because they talk to me about the, how meaningful it is. I don't really know exactly what they're doing. Which is okay. Men's mysteries or something. But whatever it is, they've stayed really strong for five years. And that's unusual in the world of men's groups. And so I, a lot of that is because there are some really committed leaders. And I just very much appreciate you guys and all you do. So today we're going to continue where we left off last week. And if you weren't here last week, I'll catch you up. Our theme for this year is One Humanity, Many Stories. And as most of you know, we're a community made up of people who come from a variety of different religious backgrounds. You don't have to be anything to participate here at Unity. You don't have to leave something behind and pick something else up. You can just come and be with people who think in lots of different ways and who are willing to learn together about each other, who are willing to ask questions of themselves and each other. And because we are that, we share stories from lots of different faith traditions and even outside faith traditions. We just, we just share a lot of stories. So the theme of One Humanity, Many Stories is being heard in unity centers all around the United States and around the world this year in 2019. And we're being being invited to continue exploring. So from January until now, that's what we've done. We've explored some stories. We've talked about what those stories mean. We've talked about the value of story in our culture. And now we're at a very crucial turning point in in the plan for this year. Our turning point is now to look at our own stories. 
So the theme for this month is the world-changing power of your story. And that's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about the fact that you have a story inside of you, something that is authentic and real and true that has happened in your life that if you were to share it with the right person would be life-changing for them. I heard a, uh, at this workshop I was at this weekend, someone there was telling me about a sign they have in their kitchen that says, having an experience is great and very costly, right? So all of us, if, if you've had children, they've said to you, I guarantee you, if they're old enough, they've said, but you just, just cause you've experienced it doesn't mean I shouldn't experience it for myself. But we know that when we tell our story, that we change the way people perceive what they're doing in the world, that they consider things differently. And I want you to consider that your story has value, that whatever you have authentically experienced in the world has value. Even if you believe right now that you have nothing you could share with anyone. I promise you, if you have made it to this room this morning, you have lived long enough to have wisdom, to have something you could offer the world of value. And so I want to help you this month to really sincerely think about that because no one knows when they're going to get called on to tell their story. No, nobody gives you a warning. Hey, next week. It's happening next week. Nobody gives you a warning when you're going to need that story. You might be standing in line at the grocery store. It might be a grandchild in front of you. It might be someone here sitting at the table in fellowship this afternoon. You don't know where you're going to need it. So I want to help you move into an area this month considering what story you might have to tell. So, so last week... We talked about how you might start thinking about it, that maybe you have an idea of an important thing. It might be the thing, or it might not be, but it's a place to start. So maybe you would say, when I was 38, I had my first child. And then you would think about three things about that time. When I was 38, I had my first child. It was hard to have my first child at that age. It was easier because I had more money, but it was harder because I was in the core of my career. And because of that, parenting was a, child, uh, parenting was a challenge. Just an example. You could use anything. When I was driving my truck, when I was sitting next to my father when he passed away. But your story is going to start with a setup, right? And those three things are not going to be the beginning of your story. They're to help you figure out what's important about this story. What is important about the story? So if you weren't here last week, I expanded about, uh, expanded about that a lot last week and you can listen to the recording and you'll still be able to stay with us this week. You'll still know what we're up to. This week, I want to take you... First, let me ask, how many of you thought about that this week? Okay, several of you. Good. And I invite the rest of you to continue thinking about that, to continue considering. 
This week, I want to begin to talk about how you tell your story. What is the how part of it? Like, how do I open my mouth? How do I get this story out? We're going to start with this quick little video by Lisa Nichols. Every single thing you touch is impacted by your story. As an attorney, as a teacher, as an architect, there's not one line of business that you can be in that a story and a great story won't elevate your outcome. Every single line of business, every single line of service that you're connected to will be impacted and ideally elevated by the level in which you're willing to tell and share your story. So let me give you some guidelines, some parameters, what I like to call the bumper rails, as if you were going bowling. You know, when I go bowling, I ask them to put the little bumper rails down so I can stay, my, my ball can get down the lane. So let me set up some bumper rails for you um, so that you understand what makes a great story. So one, is the willingness to take risk. Most people vision when they're telling a story, they don't want to take a risk. So the story has, it has its limits on how high it'll go or how deep it'll go. And when you have that, then you're really not at that part that's going to touch my soul. So being willing to take a risk, being clear and concise with your stories. A great story is a show me story, not a tell me story. Now this is the distinction. That's the game changer for most. Most people are telling a story. They say, um, so let me just share with you a little bit of my story and I'll tell you and then I'll show you. So as I was building my life, um, there was a time in my life that was very difficult. It was very challenging. True story. Very difficult, very challenging, very uncomfortable. I didn't have a lot of money. Um, I didn't have a lot of hope and things just looked dismal. At some point I had to turn my life around. At some point I made the decision that life had to get better. I'm telling you that. It was decent. You learn about me. Then if I were to show you that story, I would say six days a week, I had to eat beanies and weenies. I had to find money in the crevices and the corners of my couch so that I can get my son milk. There were times when my heart would beat fast just at what am I going to have tomorrow? At some point I got sick and tired of my own story. Is this going to be my future? No, I can't handle it. Notice the difference in that second story. Wow. I completely see that. I just painted a picture. Same story. Mm -hmm. Now the second one, when you show a story, it's going to require more of you. It's going to require you to find the colors. What were you thinking? What were you experiencing? What was going on in your head? Instead of telling me you look for money, turn and point. Now this is anywhere. This is anywhere you are doing anything. I promise you, you become a great storyteller and you will captivate your audience no matter what you're doing. I've captivated investors. I've captivated students. I've captivated educators because I was willing to show the story. I call it unpacking the story vision, being willing to tell me what were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were you seeing? Think about a story as an oral movie. And so in an oral movie, think when you're looking at a movie, the first thing they do is they identify what state of time it is. Is it futuristic? Is it in the now? Was it back in the day? You notice that based on what people are wearing, how they're talking. So paint that picture for me. Take me to that environment. Set the backdrop up for me. Show me what you're going through. Instead of saying I was angry, you can tell me you're angry. But when you say the hair on the back of my neck was standing up, I felt the fumes exiting my nose. I thought that my chest was going to pop and I was going to say something that I'd regret forever. Ooh, 
You just showed me you were angry. Take that extra time to unpack it. Why will most people not do that? Because it requires a level of vulnerability that we're not willing to share. So that, that level of vulnerability, that's what I want you to think about today. I want you to think about your willingness to tell your true story. So here's the thing about your story. You can, like, like Lisa demonstrated, you can tell the surface story. <clears throat> and the surface story can have value. Someone can listen to it. It can move them. You don't have to go into all the detail if you don't want to. But there's a big difference between that and telling the story that is alive in who you are. When you tell the real story, when you tell how you felt, when you tell how you cried, when you tell the painful part and the part that brought you to tears because it was so beautiful, when you share those things, you not only shift the person you're talking to, you shift yourself. One of the most powerful things that we can do is tell a story that moves us because it allows us to go richly and deeply into our own experience to actually excavate what we've put down inside of us as not really worth thinking of again. Gosh, I'm past that. I'm over that. When we bring that story up and we look at it through the eyes, through objective eyes, because when you tell your story, like, like was demonstrated in the video, when you tell it from the color and the flavor and the physical experience, when you tell your story that way, you have to pull yourself away from it, don't you? And look at what was happening rather than just keeping your story locked inside of you. When you reach out and you tell your story, you look at it from a different perspective and you experience something different, something very, uh, something that can be life-changing for you. You catch yourself when you're telling the story that has become your identity. This is who I really am. This thing that happened to me, this whatever, happened to me is who I am is very different than this thing happened to me and what I learned is who I am. Can you see the difference between those two things? Are you still with me? All right, let me take a break and tell you a story and we'll come back to that. I have a friend who's a minister. He had a very unusual problem in his church had a problem with squirrels. We have a problem here with mice. When the weather gets bad, the mice come in. I don't, there are so many holes in this building, I don't think we could ever fill them all. The mice come in. So you know that back in fellowship, we put everything away. Well, this particular friend of mine puts all of his stuff away because squirrels, right? Squirrels are not mice. We don't even hear them. Squirrels run across. If we had squirrels running across here, we would know they were in the building. And squirrels propagate quickly. There, you go from two to a bunch really fast. So when he found out he had squirrels, he went to his board and he said, we need to get an exterminator. We've got to get these squirrels out of the building before we're overrun. And the, and the board, being a good-hearted, nature-loving board, said, 
can we do this differently? Can we get, what about humane traps? Can we get some humane traps? We'll get some humane traps, we'll capture them, we'll drive them off into the woods far enough that they can't find their way back. So that's what they did. I love my board, <laughs> just in case anybody wondered. So they get these traps, they put them out all over the building. One day they catch one squirrel, the next day they catch two more, the next day they catch four or five little ones. They, every day, load them up in the car, drive out to the woods, let the squirrels go. Back the next day, load them up in the car. How many squirrels can there possibly be? Load them up, let them loose in the woods. Well, it, whatever happened, it was like they knew their way home. <laughs> they let the squirrels go, the squirrels came back. Every day they were moving squirrels. <laughs> the minister finally just said, I give up. I just, I don't know what else to do. You don't want an exterminator. The squirrels keep coming back. We're just gonna let them stay. We'll make them members. <laughs> After that, they only saw them on Christmas and Easter. Did I have you? <laughs> right? How you tell a story makes all the difference. If I just said my friend had a problem with squirrels and he took them outside and they kept coming back and they finally made him members and they, then they only came at Christmas and Easter, you might have giggled a little. But a good story pulls you in, right? A good story pulls you in. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your story with the ability to show some emotion, to put yourself out there and, and tell the story. Be a storyteller. Isn't that the thing we grow older to do? All this great experience, all this painful experience, all this experience means nothing if you keep it inside you until you're gone from here. You have great worth in society as a storyteller. And I invite you to consider that no matter what age you are. Next week is Easter. I'm sorry, next week is not Easter. <laughs> I'm caught in my story. <laughs> it's not Christmas either. <laughs> no. Next week is um, Father's Day. It is Father's Day, yes. I will not be here. Roger will be here for Father's Day. Uh, my mom has her 80th birthday next week, and so I will be going to Phoenix to celebrate my mom's 80th birthday. And Roger will be doing service next week for Father's Day. And my point in all of that is that the week after that, the next week of study on this topic, we're going to talk about humor about how you find the humor in your own story. Because sometimes what we want to tell is rich and deep and has some pain and difficulty. And sometimes you really, if you can, can kiss that with a little humor, you can create something someone will remember for the rest of their life. And every circumstance in life provides an opportunity to smile at ourselves 
to recognize our own humanity in a way that connects us richly. So I hope that you will continue on this journey as we go through the month. And this is a five-week month. On the last week of the month, we're going to move the chairs around. We're going to come in. We're going to do service. And we're going to do Unity Cafe. We're going to give you a chance to try your stories out. Now, you don't have to tell a story. That Friday, uh, that Saturday, that Sunday, (laughs) squirrels in my head. That Sunday, you don't have to tell a story. You can just be a listener if you're shy, if it's hard, if you're not ready yet. But we're going to provide an opportunity for you to be together, for you to share a story that you think is meaningful and have a test program, right? You get a chance to test your story on the crowd and see on on each other in small groups and see what each other thinks. And this will not be done at the end of the month. This is a this is a work in progress for the rest of the year. I will continue to invite you. Some of you have stories that you'd really like to tell here. And if you have that story, what I'm going to invite you to do is come and tell it to me first. Come tell me your story. And I'll be choosing a story a month so that if you have a story to tell, you'll have an opportunity to step up here. I'll call you up and you'll have an opportunity to share a story so we can hear from each other. And because it really makes a difference when you practice telling it, doesn't it? All right, my friends, I have some quotes for you for today. Just some closing thoughts for you to think about. Maya Angelou said, there is no greater agony than hearing an untold story than than having an untold story inside you. There is no greater agony than having an untold story inside of you. Chris Cade said, stories are the shortest distance between us and truth. So when we understand and uncover these stories, we gain the opportunity to understand maybe we need a new story. Don Miguel Ruiz said, the whole story is about you. You are the main character. And Sarah Notfi said, a day will come when the story inside you will want to breathe on its own. That's when you need to start writing. Oh, I love that.